Hi, boys. How you doing? Good, mate. How awesome. are you? Good to All see right, you. All right. So, uh, how was your break? Tell me, tell me, tell me. It's been a long time. I was actually missing this shit. For a camp. Break was good, mate. Break was good. A lot of quiet time. Yeah. A lot of downtime, which was good. Needed a little bit crook, but good time to get crook over the break. So. No, it's not good time. It's never good time to be crook, you know, then. Even breaks. No, but if you're going to do it. Don't miss it. Doing a break's not too bad. Doing yeah. bad. Yeah, all right. Good break. Good break. Went you down too? to Lake Njola. Got stuck down there, but all good. Yeah. Got a home in safe and it was a different holiday. Had some friends around for some good times too. So it was good. Good good holiday. Good break. Outrageous, mate. Why? I'm outraged. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what the break was about. <laughs> watch Facebook. If you watched Instagram. The whole break was about being outraged at shit that people have got no idea about. They outraged about scaring. We're going to sack the Prime Minister because he started the fires. <laughs> We're going to blow up, we're going to donate money to charities for the fire relief and then we're going to blow up because we don't know where the money's gone. Maybe we should have checked that before we donated it. The amount of crap that's been going on over the break, I'm on a, I'm on a rant about it. And the people that drove to Mount bloody Lake Conjola after two weeks of being told not to go there on holidays, you're going to be putting lives at risk and stretching the services. Filthy. Where did you hear that, mate? Because I, I, I don't listen to radio, I don't listen to watch TV. Don't watch but TV. you went down to that lake. Absolutely. <laughs> and you went to that bloody lake. Absolutely. I went oh. to uh, I went to a caravan that my sister-in-law owns and we were invited down. I had no idea. Mate. All was... right, boys and boys, boys, let's calm <laughs> down. Let's calm down. Maybe uh, some Jews will calm it down. So let's start with some one juice. of our bottles here, right? <laughs> I would say at this point in time here, probably let's start with this one. Let's start with mine. It's from the Margaret River. A Sav Blanc, yep. a nice young one, 2018. I saw it on the shelves, it looked good. It just won a couple of medals, so I bought the bloody thing. Yeah, stickers. Label kind of guy, right? Look, I'm not a big white drinker. The wife, Photo the signboard gets him every time. Mate. You want to change yeah. it? You <laughs> maybe you want to do the, uh, your, your red no, and then bit, take the... No, it's, it's too late now. You already know. What, I'm not going to give you the competition <laughs> for next time, but it's not competitive, right? But let's, let's, so let's start this one. Let's have a look. I think on a serious note too, that was a horrific break for a lot of people with the fires and oh, yeah. people lost their houses and, and worse than that, thoughts out to everybody. I know thoughts do very little, but... I was on the phone with Stephen Thompson. All of a sudden, I could hear right behind him, please evacuate. People from Bound Mountain, please evacuate. So this is serious stuff, man, right? Yeah, we know. We all know Butch. The Charmhaven office fire came right up behind it as well. But was Bush a normal fire? Butch's? Yeah. No, it was the Prime Minister started it. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers. cheers, man. Cheers. Happy New cheers. Year, boys. To a great yeah, year. I like that. To a great year. That's Where, pretty good. Not bad. Where are the leaders in this country? Well, let's let's start. Let's have a look. First of all, what what is it you know I don't know? No, I don't know anything. What I know is that where are the leaders in the country? Whose idea was it for him to go away on holidays? Where's his empathy? I mean, the, the most awkward thing I saw over the whole break was him trying to shake people's hands and when they refused to shake it, actually grabbing their arm and shaking it. Where's someone who can rally the troops? Where's someone who can bring the country together when that's what we need at the moment? We don't need all the shit. At the moment, we've got the inmates running the asylum. You've got to look at Facebook for five minutes to see a bunch of uneducated morons spouting off about shit they've got no idea about and they're allowed to do it and then that's driving the agenda of the whole country at the moment. It's scary times, mate, because we've got no one to say, stop, pull your heads in. The guy who is running the country doesn't have the right to do that because he's bloody on a Hawaiian island somewhere. Yeah, We're lost, mate. It's scary times. We got So ooh. so what what are you trying to say here? Because I'm 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 not getting you. Scott Morrison, according to you, has done nothing wrong. No, it's not that he's done nothing wrong. I think sacking him's the idiots that are saying sack him. If we sack him, we get Peter Dutton. 
That's what I mean about uneducated morons. We get a bloke who hates everybody, hates gay marriage, hates immigration, hates everything. That's the next bloke who gets the job after we sack Scott Morrison. People aren't doing their research on what they're actually saying. That annoys the shit out of me. There was all this outrage on You're Facebook. annoyed today. He's yeah, on the, yeah, uh, he's on the yeah, annoyed I've bandwagon had, today. I've had, I've had two weeks of it. The proof is in, mate, when people started circulating a headline that said Australia to kill camels because they're drinking too much water in a drought. And everyone just read the headline and didn't read the article. How could they kill these animals? It's insane. ScoMo should be sacked. This country's going to the shit. If you read the article, there's 300,000 camels that were introduced by the Europeans 200 years ago that are destroying all the country and all the landscape, so we need to shoot camels. Fake outrage, mate. I made one comment on it on Facebook, calling everyone out on their fake bullshit, and it all stopped. Stop pretending. You mentioned Lake Conjola. I've got a mate who'd saved for five years to buy a house in the bush. It was their forever home. It was their dream house. Turned out to be Lake Conjola. They moved into it on the 20th of December. It burnt down on the 24th of December. Ooh, He's on Facebook saying, I was this down year. the... This year, oh, maybe I've got the date. It was definitely the 20th he moved in whenever oh, Lake so Conjola burned. So down on the 31st. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. right. So close. So his Facebook post, I was down the shops. My wife and dog were at the house. We didn't know where each other were. We thought we, each other thought we were dead for five hours. So grateful to be alive. The house can be rebuilt. Now's not the time to be carrying on about who caused the bushfires. Q, we'll call him Michael in bloody carry-on, who's had nothing wrong with the bushfire, nothing to do with him. Yeah. Oh, they sack the government and carrying on like they're affected by the bushfires. The people who actually had real issues. When we were doing the last podcast, we had to stop the podcast because I kept getting phone calls from my wife. Yeah. My mother-in-law's family got told it was too late to leave. They were this close and two people died fighting the fire that nearly took them out. Yeah. And I went to Bargo on Christmas Eve and the whole town came out just to clap the fire brigade. Yeah. Not a mention of the government, not a mention of climate change, not a mention of all this fake bullshit that people are carrying on with. It was, thank you so much. We're glad to be alive. Let's work out how we recover and move forward. But there's no one leading these fucking imbeciles, telling them to pull their heads in, and that, that's what we're lacking. Mate. We've got no leaders, no one. The media get a hold of it. I watched Scott Morrison give a press conference where he apologised for 10 minutes about being in Hawaii. Then he spent 10 minutes talking about what they were going to do to address the fire situation. And then the first question after they said, right, oh, questions, the reporter stands up and goes, so, do you think it was a good idea to go to Hawaii? He just spent 10 fucking minutes apologising for it. Yeah. So do you think people make mistakes and whether he's right or wrong, uh, I won't comment, but do you think... No, he can comment. He's 100% wrong to be overseas. I, I, I think he is. I think he was wrong. He, he can't predict when they're going to start. Jump on a plane, come straight. They are already Simple. there, mate. Yeah, okay. We'd already been through Foster Port, Macquarie, yeah. Taru. Should, yeah, shouldn't have gone. But anyway, are we not allowing our leaders to lead by these minority groups having too much of a voice? Are we not allowing our leaders to nah, lead the country? That's the leader not doing his job, mate. You're letting the minority speak. Who's telling them to shut up? That's just the thing. That's what I'm asking. But that's leadership. Guys, this is not the time for it. Let's unite as a country. However that speech goes, yeah. media, pull your heads in. Because the media, mate, the journalists are the, some of the lowest people on God's earth at the moment. Yeah. The shit that they pull. And a lot of the shit they don't research. They just comment. They hear it from somewhere. They research for five minutes on Facebook or wherever it is. And, they, and then they're reporting that as news. It's out of so. control. And what we're going to end up with is Donald Trump. Because yep. the, the loonies are going to get their way. The bloke can't even, you know. So moving forward, what is it? You're saying we need a leader that's going to have the nuts to stand up and say, shut the hell up, let's let's do what needs to be done or not give a voice to these minority groups. What what do we need to do, Ken, then? Well, there's, let's pick three people. Scott Morrison, Donald Trump, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. I'd take her any day. Absolute lunatic, raving lunatic, but got in because Scott Morrison's of the American political system 
People got fed up with all the bullshit. And then you've got us over here who can't pick a message, stick to a message, have any values that we actually stand up for on a consistent basis. There's no consistent message. There's nothing to believe in because they're governed by what people say on fucking Facebook. Oh, shit, we better not stand for that anymore. It, it made it trigger me in case you can't tell. I'm triggered about oh, it. Oh, yeah, but it's good. But I spent uh, straight away, I just started researching. I said, what, where have all the leaders of men gone? And when did we need leaders of men? You know when we needed leaders of men? World War One, World War Two, when we were sending millions of people off to die. How do you get someone to do that? Who were those leaders? So I've been studying and reading for the last three weeks nothing but Winston Churchill's Napoleon, even Hitler. I mean, he managed to bring a hole for, for evil. But where is leadership going? And where the fuck are we heading as a country and where the fuck are we heading as a world if it keeps going the way it's going? So where's leadership going and why has it gone? Because people are too scared of the minority. Are their agendas being, are they meeting too many agendas? Or Trying to keep everyone happy, but they're not even trying to keep everyone happy. They're trying to keep the morons happy. I'm in a real funny place at the moment where I'm trying to work out what my philosophy is at the moment, where I'm heading as a, a person myself. And part of me wants everyone to unite. Why can't we all just fucking love each other? But then I'm sitting here calling everyone morons. So clearly I'm in a... In a <laughs> You're schizophrenic. A, a, clearly I'm in a position where I haven't quite closed off my uh, philosophy. But what you don't see on Facebook and what you don't hear speaking on the news is the people who have done all right for themselves who know better. The most intelligent minds in the country are the most silent. We're actually being screamed at by idiots... You weren't on Facebook making stupid comments. You weren't on Facebook making stupid comments. No one I know who's done a right for themselves in life was on Facebook making stupid comments. They're not driving the media. Those people have got to stand up, mate. I think that's a different conversation. Those people who are speaking who shouldn't be speaking, that's a different question. Thomas said, where's leadership time. gone? But I think the, the people who know better have been too quiet. So, uh, so, but, so, okay. so are they making a mistake being too quiet? They should say something? I believe so, because who are the idiots following? Okay, Someone's the way that they should say it, should it be the way that you just said it over the last five minutes? Probably not. Okay, so let's imagine, let's entertain both directions. Maybe so. One, let's do the screaming, yeah? So and let's imagine that the other side is wrong. By me screaming over the rooftops, that's going to change them? Definitely Just not. like by them screaming over the rooftops going to change you, Kev? No. Okay, not. so that direction is wrong. Yeah. Okay. So what about the other direction where we can all make our points and find unity in the point? Is that possible, though? Well, That's the thing. It's all left and right. Where's the common sense party? Where's the uh, middle where... That's the problem with common sense. It's not that common, right? Where yeah, but either side, yes, would say, either side would claim that their point is common yeah, sense. Yes. Oh, that wall's red, now it's black. That's how bad it's gone. I think we've got into an environment where people's opinion has to be the right one. They yeah. won't believe or listen to the other side and go, okay, we are allowed to have different opinions. It's okay. It's actually good to have differing opinions. And I think people have forgotten that. And people, especially in power, want to prove it. And I think it is the fact that they've got things to lose. They've got hidden agendas there that aren't allowing them to lead like they should be leading. And those agendas may be their cushy pensions and cars afterwards and pay packets and so forth and wanting to be in power and get re-elected. So how do we change it? Though? No, but he, Scott Morrison has a guarantee guaranteed pay pack after they he gets kicked out or he retires. They paid the pension okay. forever, he, he, He'll get it, okay? What you're saying there is probably wrong because th this guy, if anybody else, this guy's got an opportunity to say whatever is right for the country. Where I probably now will start with Cam is he's gone a bit soft. He's gone into hiding just because he made one mistake. He made a mistake to prepare certain things with his family even though he's got the job to lead the country. And he's made a mistake to have a fucking fire flare up when he left. That's his fault. He should have prayed and make sure that the fire only flare up after he come back. 
here's a common sense. This guy has got the opportunity to say it. Many of us, we don't have that opportunity because our voice probably not as important. And many of us probably we are busy with many other things in our life. Yeah, I agree probably with Cam. Maybe everyone should have a voice and say something. But you ever been in a room where everyone just scream over the rooftops? Nothing gets heard, nothing gets done anyway. So I, I think that there has to be a better solution. But does that silence then? That's what I was talking about. So the reason people are quiet, who probably shouldn't be quiet, are because they're just going to get shouted down and the minority that are screaming the loudest are heard the most and that just beats us into submission where you go, oh, well, they're going to say it anyway, so why bother? There's got to be more leaders in the world. There's got to be more leaders in the country. That's why I said to you blokes, I let myself down today, but I can't change the world, so I guess I've just got to make sure that the Cam Wilson sphere of influence... We don't have any of those guys in that and I lead my kids the right way and hopefully lead my staff the right way and can be a leader for people who are around me because it's a huge, it, I think it's a massive issue. So, so, so what about we start from a different place now? So otherwise, I don't think we can find a way out of this. What's happened with the fires in people's emotion? It's, a, it's an outrage culture. People need something to be complaining about and at the moment it's fires. But you know what? There hasn't been as many fires in the last week and a half so everyone shut up. Outrage is over, all the fake... Okay, maybe it's not about complaint. Maybe it's when people are under stress, they start to... But it's not the people who are under stress that are blowing up. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. The people who are... People who lost their houses, the people who lost somebody close to them are the ones saying, thank you so much for what help you have given. So grateful to be alive. People who have had nothing to do with it and are sitting up, call out the Central Coast, mate. We dodged it big time. Yeah, but you were close too. So I think in some ways these fires actually got the entire country concerned. You you can't say because, you know, it wasn't around the corner from your home that you didn't feel concerned. We were at your place. The fire wasn't wasn't anywhere close to you. And yet we had the smoke there. We had the sun having a different colours. We we were talking about it, you know, for the the entire afternoon. So I think that the entire country somehow this year has been concerned about the fires. Let me ask you this then. Yeah. If someone's house is still on fire, someone's funeral is tomorrow, is that the time to be blowing up about sack the Prime Minister and all the shit that's gone along with it instead of, geez, I hope these people are going to be okay? Oh, Maybe it's is not the time right time and, and context, but here's the question. Why is it the emotion that we got involved into is about blame, finding someone to blame or pointing the finger or screaming something out in order to recover some sense of calmness or maybe removing some guilt from us at the same time restoring a little bit of that calmness in us. So does having a leader that's out the front that can bring the boys together and rally the troops fix that? Because we've got no one as a figurehead that we can trust or fall behind, no one's taking a bullet for our leaders you know, at the moment. Cam, it does. It, it, yes, it is. We do need a leader like that. The issue is, I think history will show that majority of leaders like that get voted out very quickly. They upset too many of the people who weren't affected by those fires, who shouldn't be complaining. They complain. Donald Trump got voted in, mate, for that very reason. Yeah, well, I can't comment on that. I know, but he's, <laughs> but he's, he's a lunatic. The guy's How a lunatic. going to be there? I don't know, yeah. But so yeah. what does... You know, I don't follow New Zealand politics at all, but what does Jacinda Ardern do that those She's two loved by a nation. Why? I think she does what you want, but with empathy. She From has what a consistent I've seen, message. Yeah, and she delivers it with empathy. She delivers it like a, almost like a mum. Like a leader. Yes, but here it is. And I've been doing this thing on leadership for well over 20 years. Every one of us, we have the responsibility to carry a bit of self-leadership. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to what I said. What is it that got people to give away all their leadership when they're under stress and point at one dude? What if we first started with some self-leadership? What is it that some of us have done? I know, for example, my wife called the fire brigade just to find out what we could do. 
I spoke to my wife about maybe being a volunteer. We all trying to do something. But what if the 20 million people really took part of that responsibility mm. to do something? And here is the first part, I think. What is it that every one of us has done to recover some part of our emotions? Rather than just explode and let it off. It's a little bit like those uh, high-pressure cooker. Yeah, We let the heat go up. When we can't handle anymore, we have to explode. But in our explosion, it's always fantastic to be able to point at someone and say, that's the guy. The guy that went to Hawaii is the problem. Mm -hmm. And then because a few guys just pointed the finger, we think that maybe, oh, maybe that is a bigger truth if all of us point the finger at the guy. Mm -hmm. What I probably would say is this. Every three years, we get to elect a leader of this country. And we hope that they do their best or the best they can with the entire nation in mind. Now, what about all of us as citizens of this country, leader of our own family, leader of the little unit we have at home? What is it that we can do so that when these kind of things happen, we don't go out there and throw the stone at one dude? Mm -hmm. To me, I think it is our ability to probably control our emotions. There'd be some tools around that. Simply asking yourself, what can I do to help? Put you in a mindset of... What can you do to help? Yeah, solution mindset rather than a blame mindset, simply, yeah. And it got, I mean, I joked about it before, but I was actually reading a couple of articles yesterday that everyone jumped on the donating money bandwagon and, and good for everybody, but a lot of it came from the, you know, some of the people who weren't real happy with my comment on Facebook made sure they sent me the link to donate. You better donate, telling everyone you care so much or whatever. And I had to laugh because yesterday I'm reading articles about all those people who just jumped in to donate are now freaking out because I never thought of where the money might be going and this Celeste lady that raised the $51 million is now getting abusive messages from people telling her where she should put the money and where it's got to go. People just aren't educating themselves and aren't so set on outrage or so set on hurrah and joining the witch hunt. The We Are Right Brigade. The We Are Right Brigade have just done themselves out of $51 million and have no idea where it's going. Yeah. And people need to educate themselves and that's part of self-leadership. Here's an issue, before I blow up about it and make an arse out of myself, I might try and do some reading or something on what's actually going on here. Now, this is where my gripe with the media comes in because anyone trying to research anything, you can't believe a thing you read if you're just relying on news headlines. You've got half the media saying it's ScoMo's fault, half the media saying it's the Greens' fault, for example. Half the media saying it's climate change's fault, half the media saying climate change doesn't exist. So where does someone go? And that's like, well, that's where personal leadership, I'm not just going to trust Channel 7 and Google. I'm going to go and dig deeper and actually educate myself so I can have an adult conversation about something instead of just attacking... Whoever puts their head up. Oh, mate, yep. it's, it's, it's off the chain. Yeah, but how do you dig deep? I mean, the, the, de- the, the deeper you go, the more you realise it's really 50-50. Whatever position you take, it's, there's two sides of the coin. And ev- everything yeah, you go on to. open to information so. from both sides. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. You're going to so, hunt information. So I think that, you know, the, the fake news and all these news that are really becoming a pr- an issue with people, it's always been there. The only thing is that with the, all these social media and the instant magic of news on the phone, on the iPad, has magnified this issue. But this issue has always been there, boys, right? I'm going to go back to what I'm saying. It's looking all at all of those symptoms. It's, it doesn't really matter because if you look at that camel thing that you talked about and you don't even bother reading because these days, man, shit, reading this stuff, that takes a lot of time. So what you want to do is just read the title and then make up your own mind. You, you look at people who do this and then they explode. 
and then somebody else put something else and they explode. And I spoke to a guy who, who went down south and there was no problem where he was. So who's got fake news now? I think the news is only part. It's I don't think it's going to be doing anything. I think the self-leadership is where we should start. But again, I also understand there's a lot of people who have been angry because their loved one lost their home. They, they lost a loved one. Then they tell friends and, and then everyone's getting everyone stirred up. That's the issue. Where is that self-leadership starting? I truly believe that's, that self-leadership really starts from our own emotions. I mean, we, we were talking about an issue you had this morning. At one stage, you have really decided to get angry. Mm. And at one stage, you've made the decision then that door was no longer going to be a door. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a phone call. It wasn't the phone doing that to you. No, it, was me. It, yeah. it wasn't a set of words that people gave you over the phone. It's you making the decision. So here's the trick, boys. And this is where I believe if, if we can get this out, we can start changing 2020 for ourselves. And if every one of us really start doing a little bit of this, maybe we can really make a big change. What if this morning, two things. You've heard my uh, video yesterday yeah, yeah. or two days ago. What if two things happen? One, you caught yourself right at that instant when you were aware that anger was going to take over your world. What if right at that point in time you caught it? And then you said to yourself, all right, I can go down this way, create some more woods for timber, and maybe make sure that my blood's still red. Or I could go, I've said what I had to say. Now, how do I find a solution to solve this issue that I just had? Yeah. No, you won't get any argument from me. I said to you that I let myself down this morning and I knew it straight away. No, but I'm not talking about you. I just no, took that general, example. But yeah. what if a, a few days ago, with all these things that happened, with the social media and everything, what if he taught people? What if people had the ability to learn, to sit down and go, all right, I'm about to get carried away here because I'm stressed out. The fire is five k's away from my home, right? Or like Steve Thompson, I just renovated my house. I've just done all these things. I spent one year renovating it. And now they just asked me to get out of my house and run for my life. So I'm, I'm angry. And when I'm angry, what do I do? And I, I talk about maybe the freaking greenies who are making rules so that you can't even burn a, a, a tree that is 10 meters away from your home and it's now going to burn my home. You can, you can come up with all that stuff. Or you can sit down and go, hold on, can I stop this? Is this something that really happened because someone was after me? Or are there people way worse off right now? You know, it's a funny thing. A, a few months ago, we were all crying for the farmers. Do you know where the farmers went this Christmas? Do you know where they went? To fight fires. And no one spoke about them. Everybody spoke about the guy that lost his house. What about that one? What it means is that our emotions is quite stirred because of the focus we put on certain things. Yeah. Staying in the herd and staying in the group is easy though. So who's, who, do people want that to take on the self-leadership or are they just happy, yeah, there's something I can try and get some likes from a status for or... Because, I mean, it was the same thing with the farmers. Farmers, fires, it's going to rain at the end of this week. I guarantee you someone complains after three days of rain. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. Because I, they can... But that's a culture, isn't it? Yeah, and it's... Look, I don't think where's people, the leaders? Where, that's look, what I mean. I don't think people want that level of self-awareness, to tell you the truth. I don't, people, I don't think people want it. And you are partly right, because I think a lot of people are comfortable within that pack mentality, that complaining, whinging mentality. I think they're comfortable with it. It takes someone brave to stick their head out from the rest. Oh. To actually speak up and say no. Oh, maybe someone whose uh, amygdala has been removed, maybe that's a better thing to do, you know? Yeah. If you can find a guy, remove his amygdala, oh. send him in to fight. He's got no fear that dude, he'll never stop. Or we teach everyone. I'm just thinking, I looked at young kids 
they angry. Why? Because they see the parents getting angry. I look at other kids, they're feeling sorry because their parents feeling sorry. I looked at young kids who are asking whether they can help and trying to write on their iPad to their friends, are you guys okay? Why? Because their parents behave this way. What if we as parents, instead of really getting on the bandwagon now, which is no different to what the news has been doing, that's what, that's what we started with. What if we sit down and go, all right, how can we really change that? Guys, I've been fortunate over the break. I read a, a good book in one way, but not such a good book in other ways. That, that's why I don't even want to divulge the title. But the message I got out of it is that we do emotions. It's not something that just spring out of our head. It's not something that just happened because I see the fire coming towards my house. I do anger. I can do sadness. I can do happiness because my house is insured. I, I, I can do a lot of things, right? So we do emotions. I think that the minute that you really understand it, you now realize emotions not something that comes out of a gene. I came from a, an angry family, therefore I'm going to be uh, destitute to being an angry person. Is that what you say? No, I can still have a choice, right? And the beauty of that, that line is that if we really do emotions, two things we need to be doing. One, find out how we do our own anger. Like the way you do your anger is very different to mine, very different to yours, Chris. <laughs> we do angers very differently. No, the short fuse you have is maybe because your trigger points are way, way so, so, so well organized that it just take one and the domino effect just push everything mm. else. But if we can do this, that means we can undo it. Yeah. But then we have to know the mechanism. We do emotions. And correct me if I'm wrong because you've written the books, but I'm sure I've seen that in either the Singapore manual or the Fiji manual. You're talking about it now with a renewed sense of meaning behind that we do emotions. What did you take we do emotions to mean and, and now you've changed it? You've just explained what yeah. it means to you now. I think that from where I saw we do emotions, I was still taking the fact that events came in and then I we chose react. How to react. I react. Yeah. Where now I really believe that I create the emotion, which means someone says something to me and I am the one creating that scream or that anger or I'm pointing the finger. I'm the one doing it. And what happened is after that I read that book, I decided that I was going to take, first I did one minute, where for one minute I forced myself to just being aware of every single emotion I'd feel. When I was listening to news, you know, then that's when I realized, hold on, I was actually inquisitive when I decided to do this and then suddenly here I'm hearing CNN saying some crap about someone and I'm now angry, right? So two seconds ago, I was curious. Now I'm angry, just a few seconds. And so I decided to catch myself for a minute and then I went for, for 10 minutes. I'm not in the one day yet, but now I really try and catch myself in the hour when and where I change. And then the second step I did is, how did I change? And so I noticed that a lot of the change happened when my first few values were hit. As soon as my values were hit, I'd go there. And then the other thing I did too was I use a lot of looping. So I go from one bad thought, to I go to another bad thought. And then I use a lot of what the other person has done in the past. And so once I have reconstituted that, what I have done is I have actually analyzed the anatomy of my anger, how I made it. It's very different to, to other people. And so when I realized that, the next step was that I decided, no, is that going to be beneficial? Because if not, what am I doing here? I'm only going to put some more poison into somebody else, plus that poison is going to come back at me. And so I, I made the decision, no. Man, at the beginning, it was tough. 
first few days, it was tough not to do that because your brain is on automatic. It's unconsciously going there, you know? And so you have to make that conscious decision. No, put the brake on, go that way. And I think that I'm not going to say it now because it's, it's too early. It's only at the beginning of 2020, uh, having read that book. But I'm finding now that my days are actually not as disturbed anymore. I actually do get the same amount of shit I used to get last year. Nothing has changed in that respect. But in many ways, where last year maybe the shit landed on my face, now it's landing on my umbrella. Mm. And it's an exercise that we, we're going to have to do. We, yes, we, we can all say we're angry. But yes, you're right. No one can say that it was our Prime Minister Morrison who started the fight. Okay? But what if we now can help as best we can, not by fighting those guys, but by saying, guys, let's have a look. What is the way forward now? What can we do now? We're talking about it on a national scale, but it feeds down into what we do in everyday life. In too, our business yeah. too, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the kids. Parenting's a leadership, yeah. Absolutely. So when I say we're lacking leaders, for the people who are on Facebook now that are my age to be saying the stuff they're saying and carrying on the way they're carrying on, they've lacked leadership from themselves and from the people above them in the hierarchy. But in our business, Australia, so a lot of group think at the moment, a lot of group talk, denouncing a leader who's vacant, inmates are running the asylum, people carrying on sales team that doesn't have the right leadership it's a, it's identical symptoms it's identical they can talk they can they haven't got someone in front of them who's done it before them they haven't got someone there with a consistent message they haven't got someone there to show them a better way so it starts unraveling like it does like it has in australia at the moment we've all seen it we've all seen it in our sales teams you know and it, it'll ruin it where is all our leadership going and why why in our role my second office opens on monday hopefully touch wood wow well done. Why does someone in my position not want to be the best leader possible so that that thing which is going to feed my kids for the next 100 years, hopefully, runs as, as well as possible? Are you saying why, why aren't you going why to be don't the best? We, we see it in our network. We see it in other businesses. We've all seen it. You're a sales manager. I'm an owner. Thomas has been a sales manager and owner and now owns a network. We see the lack of leadership everywhere, do we not? Yeah. yeah. Have we all had teams fall apart at some stage? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Was the main root of that problem us or them? I always, and it's a lesson I've learned recently, it's always ourselves. When I say recently, within the last 18 months, two years, it's always ourselves. We have to be better fathers. I've been through two teams now in a short period of time. It took some pointing out the first time, but not the second time. 100% my fault. You've had teams fall apart. Can you trace it back to yourself? Yeah, it's always to, back to yourself or to your ego. You don't like to put it on yourself, but because of ego, you always want to find someone to blame. Yep. And which is exactly what's happened here. And I think that once you make the decision to accept that it takes two to tango and you are one of the party dancing, then maybe you've got some responsibility to take. When you do that, I think that you can really now start to be what I call accountable because you now have accepted the responsibility to take action. Right. So we've got people blowing up at a prime minister who seems vacant. We've got staff members blowing up or blaming their leaders for their lack of results. The symmetry runs through all parts of life. Yep. We've got kids blaming their parents for all the issues in their life to a point they're still 50, they're 50 and they're still blaming their parents, you yep. know. Why don't we get off the world politics for a second and get into the... Personal the, politics, the, our ownership. Well, the politics of what are we doing in our offices, how's our leadership going, what, what's happening with our teams, you know, why do people stay, why do people go? Um. <laughs> do you know what the politician listening to this wouldn't like this because they like us to remain the way we are because 
Being, like in the Matrix, being stupid and being divided <laughs> the way that we are. Lego movie. It's easier for them to lead. They don't have to be that smart. I don't go on to Facebook. I get shown whatever's important on Facebook. But there was, during the break, a line about teachers needing to shut up rather than telling the student things about climate change and blah, blah, blah. And there were things being said on Facebook. One of the parties, when he got that news to me, I, I started to read just for fun and have a look. And he's a kid, I think she's studying to be a teacher, who came up with her own opinion. And yeah, okay, maybe the way that she said it, it was very much like uh, she knew everything and she was a kid. But I looked at the other people getting back at her and I'm thinking, if that's what we have in all of us, no wonder it is easy for an Egypt to take over this world. If we can't even sit down and have a look and see that, you know, she is studying teaching. She has got the need to show the world and spread her knowledge. And her point wasn't bad. I mean, when I was reading her point, it was actually not bad. But we were all going on the emotion thing. You know, it's a little bit like if it was label liberal these days, most people, they wouldn't even want to know who's got what point and what policy this year. We just go with what usually most of us, we just go with what our parents voted. And immediately the other guy is an idiot. So you tell me who's the idiot now. Because most of those people who were writing shit about her and say, oh, you put your head in and you're this shit and you this and this. I looked at and I read their shit and I thought, I put all your shit put together. You didn't even make one good point against this kid. Mm. It's a, oh, no, you are. <laughs> you're an idiot. No, you are. That's yeah, your response. Right. Yeah. Because of this mentality, for example, in regards to this Facebook thing, because I put something on and my kid is my blood, therefore my kid is involved. Whatever is going to go against this, I'm going to crucify. I think it's wrong. If we continue like this, then yes, it is impossible, impossible, mate, to make this world a better place. Yep. Right? It's a common ground. But why are you putting something up on Facebook? You're only putting it up there for people to go, how dare someone go, boo. Like, why put it up there if you're not going to be able to cop and, any criticism for and it? And that's what they say. They say Facebook will be dead in a day if they take away likes. And that's what they say. If you take away those likes, Facebook yeah. will be dead You've got to think day. about why you're posting that in the first place. I know the post Thomas is talking about, and I'm thinking why. And it wasn't uh, climate change. It was vegans, I think. Whatever People shouldn't eat meat. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh. <laughs> Whatever it <laughs> Bloody vegans. It I had a beautiful steak last night. But, but, but the discussion, <laughs> the discussion was, was quite a nice one. Anyway, that, that wasn't my point. That, that's, so that was one example. But I think that comes back to what we said before, what I mentioned before about people not allowing people to have their opinion. Let people have their opinion. And you'd think when you someone's posting on Facebook that they would have that time to check their emotion and not let their emotion come through in what they replies and have a, an intelligent response to what someone's saying rather than just attacking people. Yeah. The fact that yeah. you're writing something on Facebook means you're having your opinion, which you're entitled to. So then to turn around and say that no one else is entitled to their opinion, Great point. it's fucking... Moronic. Great point. Isn't it? I know I keep pulling out horrible words. Again, I want everyone to love each other, but everyone's a moron. I've got problems over Let's here. Let's all be stupid and kiss. I've got issues yeah. over here, you idiots. No, so, 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 so what would be your issue? You seem to have that dichotomy between peace and love one side and the other side. If you disagree with me, I'm going to freaking No, no, shoot no. You. It's not about if you, I disagree. It's people making moronic statements without having... It's people commenting on the camels without reading the camel Yeah, that article. sends you mad. If, that's not uh, if you had a gun, you shoot him. It's not disagreeing with me. I think it's a frustration being Cam. You've got it doesn't. I, it, my opinions are 
I consider myself open. I consider myself left and right. I consider myself, I think climate change might be an issue, but I'm not going to ignore the other person's point of view. And I don't get on and as soon as someone talks about teachers, I don't get on and denounce it. And then I don't denounce it. I don't do that stuff. What I do know is the people that get on with their super strong points and you'll never be silenced are quiet a day later because they're just doing it for attention or whatever they're fucking doing it for. That's what I call... But why would you allow those people to work you up? Because Well, that's a, but that's a question. So do I... And I, for a bloke who's as ramped up as I am at the moment, I spend very little time scrolling my Facebook timeline, yep. believe it or not. There was just some time over the holidays. So it goes back to my point about people not speaking or people speaking. Do we shut up and let these idiots run the asylum or do we go, guys, just pull your heads in. There's two sides to every story. Do some research on it. Do I turn off Facebook and ignore the fact that we're about to be overrun by idiots or do we do something about it? That's that's where I'm at at the moment. Like, do I be quiet like everyone else has been quiet and, and not try and show people the light as in maybe there's more to this story, maybe not everyone's wrong, maybe you can be right and wrong at the same time or do I just shut off Facebook and hide from it and pretend like that's going to help the world as well? That's where I'm at at the moment. I don't know whether to go on yeah. a rant and tell people to pull their heads in or yeah. say nothing. Coming from a leadership perspective, do you think then, for some reason this has popped into my mind, is about the Marines. The Marines have a thing that it's their responsibility to tell their leader if they're doing a wrong, the job wrong and vice versa down the ranks. And each of them have their responsibility to the other to say, you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong and vice versa. So they're all holding each other accountable. But by doing that, they're telling each other they're holding themselves accountable to tell someone. Are people scared sometimes maybe those who are closer to them to say, look, I think you could have done that better or I think that was fantastic. Are we are egos getting in the way of that part of leadership? I don't know if it's an ego or whether it's a hopelessness. Do you think you can change so, the world? So do you think people are being quiet for saying what's the use? Exactly. Mm. We say get off Facebook because it'll help your anxiety and all that stuff, which I 100% truly believe. But yep. if we all get off Facebook, all the people who, in air quotes, know better, get off Facebook... Where's the checks and balances and how, how does that group think manifest itself? Because they'll just keep getting stronger in their own minds and the, the, the group, they'll keep sucking somebody into the vortex that they're creating with just fake outrage and pointless anger and purely problem-based thinking. No solutions. I haven't seen one fucking solution put up yep. about the bushfires since they started. Not one solution. So Only problems. Do you believe because of that wall, that Facebook wall, that anonymity that they have being on Facebook, they actually feel like they've got a bigger voice because they're not being held accountable personally? Yeah, it's creating. It goes back issues. to like people trolling on Facebook and so forth. They do it because they can't be held accountable. Held it's to easy account. And there's no account to it. Yeah, yeah right. it's, I don't think it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or whatever. It is. I think it's anonymity. You're right. It's when you're doing so these things and your it. name is not there right. and you can call yourself Ghost Alive and no one would know where, where you live. Facebook a is pretty lot bad of, for A me. lot of people do these things and know they can get away with. What about the details now being shown? Yeah. I think I voted Liberal last time because of economic stuff, but I'm not a Liberal, I'm not a... I'm saying a lot of stuff about ScoMo and it might come across like I'm defending. I'm not I'm not defending him, but you jump on and you go, ScoMo, I've seen someone say he should be dead. Shoot him. Fuck him. He should die. That guy's got kids. He's got a family. And then you know what? Two days later, you're dead quiet and you're on to your next fucking problem. So I don't necessarily... It's not only when people can hide their names. It's not anonymous. It's... This is what the group's pissed off about at the moment, so I can jump in and say something fucking stupid and then next week I'll be able to blow up about something similar and there's no one 
to stop me. There's no one to say what you just said there was disgraceful. Think about the guy's kids, the guy's family. Think about your own kids, your own family. Think about a fucking solution. Not one solution has been put forward. Yeah, okay. 20 minutes of I'm sorry and do you think you should have gone to Hawaii? What the fuck are we doing? He just said sorry for 20 minutes about going to Hawaii. Ah! Ah, I'm losing my emotions, Thomas. Yeah, but uh, again, I think that we're going uh, around in circles right here because we're telling people to be sensible and somehow we ourselves do lose it. We we're lose, still yeah, if, if we lose our shit, it doesn't matter what we say. It, no one's going to listen to this. So let, let, let's leave it there because uh, at this point in time here, I don't think that we, you're going to solve anything. I mean, there's, there's so many ideas. My idea is to put plastic trees and uh, make, give everyone a bag of oxygen and they'll be fine. But they will have other problems, <laughs> right? Uh, the other idea is get rid of the green parties. Um, but again, that will create other problems. The big thing that we have to look at is in our little world. So let's go back to why Wine Wisdom is here for. For our sales team, for our leaders, the sales units, the people who are going out there trying to make a difference in their group of 10, 20 people. What can we learn from there and, and teach others? Well, that's what I was saying before, the symmetry. The same, so what can we do? The same problems in leadership that run the country are the same problems in leadership that run our offices. Not being there when you should be, not leading by example, not having a consistent message, letting group think. Okay, so let's have a look now. You guys, you know, in, in running and managing teams, you have people beneath you. So what would you do now in your office? For me, I think that one of the biggest things, I think one of the biggest flaws of most offices is not having a good-sized team. You'd call it 1040, Thomas. Yep. Uh, having a good-sized team. So if you did have that one person that was producing quite well, if you did have that one person leave, that wouldn't be felt as bad as if it was a three, four, five-man show. If you had a 10-man show and that one person left, one of the things is building a good team. Another thing is following following the system, following the Wisebury manual, having having the meetings and the sales meetings and so forth. Holding each other to account and that gloves off talk that you speak about during leader managers meetings and having it regularly and keeping that on a regular basis. Just a few other points. Yeah, no, just talking about, for example, from Defies, what I've learned is if I was to have my own little unit now, I'll make sure that the culture we have in our unit is, is very clear. Culture. That if you have a problem, you can bring it to me and, and tell me. You don't right. have to gang up and point the finger at me because you're having a bad January. Right? You can sit down with me and tell me one-on-one, -on -one, and then I can have a look at your self-leadership. What is it that you're doing with your prospecting, with your results, before I can say, yep, it was me who was actually sending you on the wrong path? Yeah, culture is the word in all those, everything we just said. And you said it before when I said about people complaining, like you said, isn't that the culture? Yeah, fucking is. It starts with setting that culture, and I've spoken to, well, we've had this conversation briefly before, the leaders set the culture, not the people we're employing. You said people beneath me before. We're all equals, but we still employ these people. Absolutely. Yeah. So we create the culture. You've got to be responsible for enforcing that culture. Yes, it's about having a team, mate. You get 10 people and you've got the wrong culture, you're 10 times as fucked as you are with one person in the bad culture. Yes, having one person and them leaving will hurt, especially if they're a producer, but why did the why does one person leave? Uh, that's That could be many reasons. Their life changed, their circumstance changed. They have lost that belief in that team. They've lost that belief in their leaders or management. Culture. Not all of that. Like, you know, sometimes it's life circumstances. You know, I, I've seen people who leave mainly because their spouse can't stand them doing the long hours anymore and they want them to be around and be a family. So that's not culture. That's life circumstances. So there, there's a few reasons. But sometimes you have people leaving. I, I don't know why we're talking to so much about leaving because for the moment I'm talking about just that culture 
that we need to learn from the fires. We can talk about the leaving soon, boys, all right? But about some, some of the points that we can really learn from this. I think that and repeat it over time will could change. What we're doing here, boys, could actually change the way people think in the future if we can give them something that just makes sense clear and concise. If you're talking about learning from the fires, so... While there's a big inswell on everywhere to sack Scott Morrison, there's also a big uh, momentum behind basically knighting the head of the fire brigade, the, the commissioner that's up there day in, day out giving the press conferences. And you read all the comments and you read why everybody loves him so much because he's there every time. He fronts up, he answers honestly every time. His message is the same every time and he doesn't shirk the work. That guy's sweeping the sheds like he's delivering some horrible news and... He's on Sky News one night delivering a half an hour press conference about whose houses are going to burn down next and the next day he's at a funeral for a dead firefighter. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's there. So as a leader, you have to be... In the trenches. In the trenches with the team. In the trenches and consistent. Consistent message. People will fall behind that guy. The reason Bill Shorten rose to prominence was the Beaconsfield disaster, yeah? Bill Shorten made famous by the miners... Bill who? Bill (laughs) Yeah, now. (laughs) But the reason he got to where he was was because of the Beaconsfield tragedy where the miners got trapped down the mine. Yeah, I know, I know. So he was the union boss and he fronted up day in, day out while these poor bastards yeah, were trapped correct. down a mine right. and the same message and empathy and care and solutions and day in, day out. Next minute he's trying to be a Prime Minister. Maybe there's something in being present, being empathetic, but being in the trenches with your staff. Maybe there's something about leading from the front. So being reliable, knowing that the person's going to be there consistently, as you said. The same message coming through time and time again. You said a word there before that you hadn't said was empathy. It was empathetic to the cause. That's well, you nice. got you got you got the fire bloke talking with complete empathy and going to funerals, and then you've got the prime minister forcing people to shake his hand who have just lost their hair. So let's talk about empathy and where the leader is. But I'm sure the head of the fire brigade could pass off to his subordinate. Oh, mate, I don't feel like doing this press conference. I can't talk about any more houses burning down. It's starting to eat me up. Has he done it? No. Not a chance. I'm sure it was getting tough for Bill Fathead to talk about the the bloke stuck down the mines day in and day out, but he rocked up and he did it. I'm sure sometimes as owners and and we feel like, oh, you know, I've earned the right to stay in bed till 9.30 today and not go in for staff training, but don't fucking do it because as soon as you do, the troops aren't going to rally behind you. Culture. Mm. I mean, a, a, a lesson I I got out of the fire is when our Prime Minister thought that he was wrong, he he did apologise. And I think that as a leader of a small business, you have to be very quick to apologise for your own wrongdoing rather than hide behind excuses or hide behind the, I did that because... Justification, no justification. And yeah, Admit I, your I, think, I think that he admitted his mistake. I believe personally that, and again, I'm coming from the sales point of view, that as a leader, he apologised too much. I think that as a leader, you make an apology and then you move on. I would have been at that press conference and that journalist after 20 minutes of me, what is it, apologizing for 10 I'm minutes sorry, and blah, yeah. blah, yeah. If that uh, journalist had asked me that question, I probably would have said to him, I don't think that you're smart enough to have followed what I just said 20 minutes ago. Next question. Too scared. You know, I think that at one stage, that's what leadership is. Leadership is not about popularity contest. It's not about trying to apologize so profusely that the problem is going to disappear. You can't make it disappear. All right, here's the next bottle now. D, <laughs> come on, say it, say it, man. How do you say it? De Julius? Uh, D, Julius. Julius, yeah. I was trying to say Julius. De Julius, and yes, you've been laughing yeah. at me, but you were saying De Julius. Uh, 
<laughs> I forgot how to say it. This is a De Julius yep. from the Hunter Valley. This is a 2011 aged Semignon. What year was it? 2011. I'm sorry, my beautiful wife. I didn't know <laughs> what I was grabbing and we'll buy another one. And, you know, I've had a rough day. So, you know, um, it's not the Shirazza. It's not the Shiraz. I've it's been promising. <laughs> I've been promising these guys a Duella Shiraz, which uh, is a 2006. And I'd, now I'd don't talk about that one, mate. Talk about the one we're drinking. All right. So I think we've mentioned these guys on the on the podcast before. We haven't drunk one of their wines though. Yep. Similians, obviously, uh, one of the wines that ages we we can sell her for a long time, Chris. I like some of that stuff we drink <laughs> in your place. <laughs> it's full of corks. So what are we in? We're into, well, fuck, we're into this one for nine years now, so I'm expecting big things. Let's give it a red hot. All right, then let's have a look. That's in the Hunter Valley, right? It is in the Hunter Valley. Yes, it is. Big shout out to these guys, because when I went in there looking for a Chardonnay a little while ago, they openly admitted that they weren't the ones to give it to us, but they pointed me to Thomas Allen, the mango tree that we drank on here, and it's one of the finds of the century, that. It's beautiful. Okay, let's try this. What's another lesson that we got out of this? Get the wine in the glass. That's one of the lessons. Hey, yeah. you bought coasters. <laughs> I think one of, the big, one of the big lessons, I think, is, and Australians have always been good at it, when people need help, we chip in and we get in and help each other. One of the big things in is in a team, don't be scared to ask for help. Put your hand up and say, listen, I need some help here. I'm struggling here. Yeah, that's nice. That's quite nice. Don't be scared to ask, but also don't be scared to give, yeah? Cheers, Cheers boys. boys. Cheers. Oh, wow. God. Oh, wow. You're not a white drinker, Chris O, but that love you, wifey. <laughs> <laughs> She'll have divorce papers ready for you to sign. I've got them both silent. How good's that? <laughs> That's nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, no, I was thinking about your lesson. I think it, that was a nice lesson to be able to do that. Put your hand up, ask for help. Yeah. What about oh. the opposite? Well, not the opposite, but if you're a senior person and you see someone who needs help, give it. Because not everyone will ask. Sometimes they're not ready for it. Sometimes they don't want it. No, well, sometimes egos get into play and the senior guys will say, oh, I'm not helping them, no one help me. When no, I but if, had, no, I well, no, what I'm saying is the other way. The senior person will see it and they'll come in and... and well, that, yeah, that's a completely different issue. That's down to the other person's ego. But no, but, but go in and help, absolutely. You're right, you're right. But too yeah, often but we, we, we get teams with top performers or 400-pound gorillas where, oh, fucking, I didn't have any help when I was coming up. Yeah. So I'm not going to fucking <laughs> help them. And what happens if they get some of my fucking commission? I say, oh, I'm not going to teach them how to work with the boy because they're my boys and fucking... We've all heard it. Yeah, but that's a question of culture, you know, and uh, quite often the culture that comes down to the boss. I uh, was having a discussion with the leaders this morning and he was telling me how his team is now refraining, they're refraining themselves from hanging around team members from other offices. I dug up that the team felt insulted and that maybe their culture was no longer aligned and then therefore they would rather be isolating themselves rather than mingling with people whose culture was so against theirs. I said to the leader, you know, I do believe in us being an agent of change. That wherever we are, we had to take it upon ourselves to try and change the people around us. Because there's so much more that we can learn for, about ourselves. There's so much more to grow by trying to make the other person better. Not in isolating ourselves. Isolating ourselves, it's almost like running away and hiding. Therefore, you don't have to put your knowledge to work. You don't have to go out there and try and make a difference. Then what does it say about that culture? And I think that in terms of helping others, it doesn't have to just be people you know. It doesn't have to be people who just live in your street. It's just 
helping because there's a, a human life on the line, you know. One of the lessons I also learned from the fire is the the people who have a tendency to criticize will always find a way to criticize. And the people who are there to help and who are solution driven will always be there to come up with solutions. Like two of my neighbors, they both bought a what is it? You can't call it a fire truck, but what is it? A fire kit or whatever it is. They have a, a huge tank now that can take a, a thousand liters. They have a, a machine with a pump. They have all that stuff in case they, the neighborhood needed. Mm. And one of them came up to me and asked me, maybe we should, between our fences, maybe we should place a door. So instead of going 500 meters from you to my place, we can just go through the fence. I mean, these are the guys who are solution driven. They yeah. will talk that way. Yeah. You know, the other ones who f- need to find a blame, it doesn't matter how, how good or bad is going around them. Mm. They will find a Scott Morrison to go at. They will find something to go at, right? Yeah. And so I think that I found that what it means to me in a small team is when there is pressure or when there is a, an issue that is really attacking our team, you'll find the true nature of each of our team members. Yeah, you find out what we're really made of. Yeah. That's why the fires have been so scary for me. As a, that's why I've been on such a rant about it, because scared the shit out of me. You saw, we saw what we're really made of yeah. in a lot of instances. Jesus. One of the people who's been one of the biggest people in my Facebook timeline at, at blaming the government for everything, he comes out and says, oh, we're, the Prime Minister comes out and says, we're going to give $2 billion. There's a $2 billion recovery fund. The same idiot that had been at him and at him and at him goes, that wasn't your idea, that was Anthony Albanese's and how dare you claim it. The fucking blokes just said $2 billion to help people. And it's exactly what Thomas is saying. Yeah. Always going to find the shit, not yeah. a single solution. And that's our office here. How are we going to fix it You know, with my guys when they do have a problem? How are we going to fix it? So now going on to the next subject that you guys uh, brought up, what if through leadership you've done it wrong and now you're facing the prospect of losing a top performer? How would you react? Now, knowing knowing what we've just done here now, which is analyze maybe ourselves and then use some self-leadership, what do we do now? Let's imagine you started this year and you have in your office a top performer. Right? That top performer leaves, well, he's going to take away half a million dollars away from your business. What's your reaction, boys? Well, after it's happened, it's already too late. <laughs> right? Well, you've got to reflect and say what happened first. I think the first thing you have to reflect... Yeah. And say, what, what are we going to improve now? And, and it was it okay? Was it a cultural thing? Was it uh, not holding people to account? Was it a personal leadership thing? Was it a, a management or was it leadership? Uh, I think first is that you analyse the situation and say, okay, how can we stop this from happening again? I think point one. And then point two, implement those points where you need to fix the situation. And is it is it cultural? Was it basic values misalignment between the two? Work out the issue first. 100% agree. With going through what was the issue, though, you have to be in a position where you can accept the blame yourself because there's no good reflecting and saying what were the problems here because someone whose ego is going to get in the way or someone who isn't ready to accept fault is going to sit there no matter how many times you reflect on it and blame someone else for it. Yep. So it's okay sitting there and going, oh, yes, you're right. We have to analyse why this person left. We have to analyse why we didn't realise they were going to leave before they did. We have to analyse how we're going to be better in the future. But that has to be an extremely honest process, not a, okay, I can find a scapegoat there so I can make myself feel better by it. So the process is almost wasted if you're not going to be honest about it. So you'll have the same issue happen again if you let those egos get in the way. 100%. Something I've worked on with my team since we came back this year is I've, I've emphasised that all I want you to do is your best. 
And the reason I've done that is because I know when I ask them, have you done your best or get them to ask themselves, have I done my best, regardless of what words come out of their mouth, I know how they're going to feel inside if they're full of shit. And I know that making them feel that way, they won't do it again. And I know that how they're going to feel if they're not full of shit and they've actually done their best. And I know that saying that will make them strive to feel like that again. Because your body has an internal compass and if you ask yourself have I done my best and the words come out of your mouth yes Thomas I've done my best but inside you haven't you feel sick you feel like shit so without that tool of honesty what if they're better what if their best is mediocre or less matter. than just do better that best you can okay. that's the trigger and that's the honesty trigger of, I'm using at the moment with my guys I know that if everyone in my office fulfills their potential we are going to improve on what we did last year which is what I've said to them. Here's what we did last year. I broke down the numbers from. I broke out the figures. I showed them absolutely everything. So there was no hiding. They know exactly dollar for dollar what we brought in last year. And I said to them, I know that if everyone in this office hits their best, not if everyone in this office hits my best or Darren's best or Crystal's best, you hit your best, this is where most likely going to go. And at the end of the first day, people did their numbers and they called me, put their results in. I said, did you do your best? Yes, yes, yes. Someone who said yes hadn't done their best. I know they hadn't done their best. I had a one-on-one meeting with them the next day because it was a Wednesday. I said, you told me you did your best. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. She knew. And since then, numbers have gone through the fucking roof. Okay, that's good. So it's the honesty trigger. But there's no point doing that reflection process if you're not going to be honest about it. From what you said previously, you've now got to be consistent with that message moving forward, yeah? 100%. Yeah. How hard is it when someone rings you at the end of the day to say, did you do your best? But we're talking about, we're again putting it onto other people. I, as a leader, have to say with this morning's incident, did I do my best? You know you didn't. And I can say, yeah, but that guy said this to me and yeah, but that guy was going to say that and it doesn't matter what you guys hear. You know, Cam, I'll tell you this and I'll tell you this as as a mate and as as a work colleague that your growth though in self-actualization and realization is grown through the roof and you've lost a lot of the ego that you would have had three or four years ago. You wouldn't have said that about about things three, four years ago, would have blamed him. Now you take it on yourself. Yeah, right? I've always done it behind, well, not always, but for a long time I've done it behind closed doors. I, like I said, I will still say to you guys, that was that fucking, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. this and he yeah. did that. Behind closed doors, I'm punching myself in the face. Yeah. Because I know. Okay. And that's what I'm saying about the honesty thing. Leaders, we got Kickstart coming up where leaders and managers are going to get together and they're going to put their plans together for the year and they're going to look at last year and where we went wrong, where we did good, where we can do better. And it's the businesses who sit there and go, well, that was that fuckwit's fault and that was that fuckwit's fault. So that's where I was bringing to you before with my statement is that your honesty now is actually open and you're actually sharing that honesty that I, I, I made a mistake. You're saying I made a mistake. I stuffed up. I shouldn't have done that. Now that is a, a is a very good leadership trait because your team will see that and then when you put them on, did you do your best yesterday? That's when they'll come to you and say, you know what, it's okay to be truthful and take ownership for not doing my best. We had our sales meeting today and the first thing. thing I did was address what happened this morning because some of my team saw it and I said, what happened this morning wasn't good enough. One, we don't talk to our clients that way. And two, <laughs> we don't put our fists through doors. And I apologise to the team. You do not have permission now to go doing that. And I am trying to grow and I will get better. And I, I will pay for the $2,000 <laughs> door. No, it was a so in case, in case $2,000, so in case you do it, it will be $2,000. <laughs> I rang Dazza and said, we're even on doors now, mate. <laughs> but yeah, we're trying to get onto what, what have we got to do if 
if a top performer leaves. I haven't had it happen yet. Yeah. I had a situation at the end of last year where someone who we all thought could have been a top performer and, and make us sort of $700,000 a year, I had to make a decision on whether I kept her or not based on culture and, and based on, yes, she could bring me $700,000, but what's she going to do the rest of the team in the min- meantime? And I probably stewed on it longer than I should have, but the decision was made to cut that loose. If you've got someone in your office who's making that kind of money, I mean, would I have made the same decision if she had been bringing $700,000? I'd seen the $700,000. Can't say, because I haven't been there. All right. So, Cam, you were saying that you had the top performer and you, you cut her loose, and, but you took too long. Yes. So it was a cultural misalignment. Yes. So the way it went down was interviewed very well, Opportunity Day, amazing. Her resume, not in real estate, but in sales, very, very strong, very professional. Um, she was my age, which when you're in an office full of 20-year-olds, having someone your own age, good became apparent very early on that it was a cultural misalignment, as you want to call it. Because of the work I've been doing and because of the fuck-ups I've made in the past that have been my fault, the reason I say it took too long is because I, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't my ego, me just not liking another strong personality in the office, right. making sure that the feelings I was having, which I had pretty much from the get-go, as far as once she started working, were, for the, were the right feelings. So your belief is if she had started and kept going within the business and you didn't let her go... She would have decimated team or affected the team considerably? Would have been gone in a month, mate. The team. The team would have been destroyed oh, within a month. it was problems. That cultural misalignment, Thomas, I ask you, is it is it the misalignment of values? Yeah, it is a misalignment of values. And I would say the reason Cam says within a month, it's because her character is so strong that she would have really decimated everyone. Mind you, I think that by the opportunity day, Cam should have seen it. I would say that Cam had signs. To me, the mistakes that Cam had was that he did not trust his sign. He not, did not trust his, his own instinct? gut feel. Yeah. His instinct, right, okay. He actually overwrote these feelings, okay. mainly because his emotion was driving him to think, hold on, in the past, I made wrong decision on this. People have been saying this to me. And he's been going on all of those things. He gave her another chance. When he gave her another chance, then she started working in the office, right? So she, by then, she hadn't even done the course. He had one or two instances already where team members were going, mate, this is not going to work. And still, he didn't trust his own gut feel there. I think that maybe if there was anything, it was the case of being too nice and not trusting your own instinct when you've been a leader for three years. I think you start to develop those kind of instincts. When, when you see someone, it's a bit like me now when I have to do an interview for someone. Before they put their bum on seat, I, I've already read them. Right, right. Yeah? So you're going to have to really learn from that too. I so made trust. that call, and there's people in the office can attest to this. At the end of her opportunity day, I offered her a job moment I offered her a job, she changed. And I walked out the front and said to one of the staff I trust, I went, I fucked up. I said it. I went, this isn't going to go well. But in the back of my head, it's refreshing to have someone who doesn't need their hand held the whole time. It's refreshing. It's the first time since I've been a business owner where I've had someone there who's pretty much ready to go and skill-wise, nine out of ten and is potentially going to bring you half a million dollars. Or that's <laughs> come at bonus, me. Bonus, bonus, come bonus. Santa Claus coming. Right. Come at me, right? So, yes, I, I I didn't ignore my gut. It was always there, but I kept finding reasons to ignore it and say, no, nah, this is probably a me problem. This is probably me not liking another alpha. She was me with boobs, right? So 
It's probably me just clashing with myself and trying to find reasons to just make sure, to the point where we paid $1,000 for it to do a course, which I've never done before ever, just to make sure that this was going to be a problem. Thomas is right, I should have okay, cut so it off sooner, but in the past I've cut it off sooner and then afterwards gone. Regretted, yeah. Oh, no regrets. Or second guess. No regrets because you can't have regrets. There's no point. Okay, so coming from a leadership point of view, you had the staff t- telling you, you actually had you had your soldiers, you had your army telling you, guys, this is the wrong decision, she's not going to be a fit. Yep. But you took a little bit too long to act on that decision. Your gut feel, you took too long to act. I asked the team to trust me. I said, look, if it's not right, I'll make it right. That was the first conversation after we let her go. I sat the team down and I said, look, I understand. I've heard you over the last month. I've heard what you're saying. I haven't ignored you. I hope now you can see that you can trust me. And while it might not be on a dime, the right decision will be made. Yeah. I will not put anyone before the team. And that's what they were worried about. But you've also got to watch... Tall poppy syndrome and you've got to watch all yep. that other shit, mate. The first person that comes up to you and says, this person isn't good, you can't take that. And and mind you, we hired five people at the same time. There was only really one of my core group that had been there for a while who expressed any concerns to me. The others hadn't said anything. And it was the newer guys who had come on the same time as her. So that's all the stuff that's going on in the back of my head. Is this person saying it for their own gain? You know, what are these things we've got to sort out? In the end, my feeling that I had five seconds after I offered the job, 100% right. Was right. 100% Okay. Right. I went, ah, fuck. So, so a leadership leadership lesson is make a quicker decision. Basically, make it, trust your gut, make it a quicker decision. Um, did we lose anything apart from $1,000 by it taking four weeks? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I learned a valuable lesson out of it, which is, selfishly, it's a good feeling to know that your gut instincts are, are right. So, okay, let's make a mistake, um, don't lose the lesson. Yeah, you know, it okay. was, what did we lose out of it? We lost four weeks of wages. Yeah, yeah. And okay. a few, and a lot of fucking Panadol, mate. Oh man, <laughs> that's a story a for of, another time. No, right? but so. a lot of Nurofen and Panadol because of the headache. Like I had four weeks of headache with it. Yeah. What was to be gained by cutting it off sooner? Less Panadol use and a few thousand dollars. Do you risk or flip a coin on a few thousand dollars to potentially make seven hundred a year out of it? That's a decision you don't know until you're in that position. And like I said, I'd never been in that position before. So has this made you better at? Recruitment, better at interviewing? Has this lesson improved your leadership skills or your staff selection? It's probably going to change a little bit of our system in that I will, I believe from now on, pay for a week's trial rather than just one opportunity day to make sure until I'm that cocksure of my own ability to pick it in one day. Letting people go, firing people is not a happy task, regardless of whether they've pissed you off, regardless of whether they're not a good person. It's not good. This was you know, three weeks before Christmas for fuck's sake. you've got I said this before about us as leaders we are employing these people it's on us to do the right thing by them not necessarily the other way around you know and and there's been a few there was another guy there was a benchy that we hired that I knew pretty early on was going to be a drama but rather than sack him give him a week's trial know for sure and at the end of the week make a much more informed decision so when did you know did you know at the interview did you know on opportunity day no, when I knew as soon as I offered her the job. The benchy that you thought was going to be... Uh, I thought at the interview, young guy, wants to do well, is a hard worker, got some quirks. After a week, I'm like, these quirks are potentially going to be a problem, especially when he shaped up to me in a training session one day. And that was just his natural reaction. I corrected him on something. He was like, oh, and he put his fist up. Don't ever do that again. But because you know, we're nice guys, it waited another week and it took him to cross a cultural line in the office for me okay. to march him on okay. the spot. Okay. So when, when you were recruiting 
and this comes back to again leadership where you're following the systems that we get on recruiting from our, our manuals where you're following those guidelines on recruiting yep phone interview interview with me opportunity day usually with us that's a, a job offer or a letter saying not successful this time were you giving the questionnaire that's in the yeah yeah you're yeah. doing all that yeah. okay all right so you'll follow so as a leader following those systems that we've got in place also as part of the leadership is following those systems yeah, yeah. Do you believe this then will change the way you do it next time? No. Okay. No, I'll just say I, I still probably wouldn't do one week pay. One week pay is the equivalent of giving a student at university four weeks to do their assignment. They always do it the last day. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing as when you when you pay someone for a week, you're really going to gauge them on the last day. You're going to start first day. It's a waste of your money. I was just trying I, to do a I would rather, reduction. I would rather you just do one day, but I've always said that one day, it's so intense. The people used to work around me, they used to always say that that was the worst day in their career. Because if they can handle that worst day in their career, then the rest of the journey is a cinch. That's the skill that needs to be increased. Because her opportunity day, I, like I do that. I pick the first battle, I put them under pressure, I challenge them. Mate, strong ass. And I but did you find it maybe in your challenges? And, and I'm, I'm now only speculating now. That you were pushing the button and then at some stage you released it. Uh, you, when you felt that the pressure was a little bit hard and there was going to get maybe a bit confrontational, you released the pressure. These are all the games that you yeah. do because when someone is starting to give it back to you, which I would know that that person would do that, I just keep on going. Yeah. And then when I go, now the true colour's out. I made the decision before lunch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So probably for me, it's a case of she's willing to give it back to me. That's a tick rather than let's see where Yeah, and goes. I would have probably pushed harder. And then yeah. suddenly you would have known, whoa, this is a culture. This person even hasn't hasn't got a job. I've paid her for today. And this is how she behaved. It's finished. Yeah. Five days not going to do shit. Yeah, there was a litany of that. I mean, her first one-on-one, -on -one, she asked for a pay rise two days after she started. It was, <laughs> look, it was fucking dramas. So... I ask you, Thomas. Then, can we train our leaders to be better leaders? Whoa! I thought you're that's asking, what he's been trying to do for the last twelve years. Yeah, that's right. You're asking a guy <laughs> who's been devoting his life to doing this, or is I, it they want to have to yeah, be? Yeah, I, I can't build better leaders unless leaders want to become better leaders. <laughs> for example, I've given a lot of material. You know, each year I try and push my own self out of my comfort zone because I'm the kind of leader that is very much watch me. So watch me go out of comfort zone. Watch me work hard and then follow. And so every single year, I just want to grow up to a next level. And I've seen it. Some leaders have been trying to, following, uh, to follow me for a few years. And then some, after a few years, they just settle to where they're at. Well, that's their level. To me, leadership is a lifelong journey. You have to want it bad, embrace it, and want it for a reason. I've seen some leaders wanting to take out of my material whatever they can to use the team, to manipulate others. That's not leadership. That's conmanship. When you really understand leadership, you accept that it's okay for me to lose if my team can win. It's okay that if someone uh, needs a little bit more this time, that I do this. If you are a salesman and all that you want is more for me, for me, for me, and I'm going to screw you to get a little bit out of you so that I, there's more for me, you got no leadership. You're just a selfish prick. And I think that in some of our years of training offices, I have noticed a lot of people who would do anything just to give the team. I mean, one of the reasons I, I, I really gel with you guys is that you two boys are what I call the givers. In life, you have the givers, the takers. You two are ready to just go out there, 
punish yourself in order to give the other person a little bit more than they give back. I think that that's already a, a prerequisite. And then if a leader wants to improve so that he can improve others, now man, I can teach them everything about leadership. Yeah, right. But if a person is not there, right, they're not going to follow your leadership. They're going to look at that leadership and see what's in it for me. How do I ask this guy now to reduce his, his fees so that I can have it when I know he's not going to make base, so that I can get my commission? How am I going to just ask this guy to reduce his fees when I know I'm going to still make more? All of those things shows me straight away whether someone is ready for next level leadership or not. Which tells me, for example, the guy that won the leader of the year, that Rod Dillon, we spoke about it last time. You look at this guy, his entire culture is about you first. And you know when I knew it was you first? When Simon Rawson, the guy that owns an office in Monavale, had his aneurysm. This guy here had his daughter. So Rod had his daughter in hospital with a life-threatening operation. And still, he's the one who's taken the ferry, went down to his office to look after everyone for the day. While his daughter is on the operation table, mate. Yeah. You know straight, that is leadership. Yeah. The difference between, I think we throw out the leader tag too soon. Does anyone here think that the minute you open a business, you're a leader? No. 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 So the difference between boss and leader. It, Understand, but still... You know, there's nothing worse if I'm starting to say, mate, you're still at boss level and you're a leadership level already, Cam. Because, uh, first of all, how would you feel when I'm talking to you I'd say you're at boss level? How does your team sees you? Absolutely. So I think that we, we can't do that. But you're absolutely right. Deep within, there's bossship and leadership. That's that gut check thing, though, right? If, if yes, for the sake of feelings and uh, perceptions, everyone's called a leader, when someone calls you a leader and something churns in your stomach, because you know deep down you're not, and you're not bestowing the virtues of a leader, and you're not doing anything to become a leader, that's got to be a gut check moment for you. Yeah. Yes, but the gut check quite often, mate, is covered by ego. Well, just ignored. Oh, fuck, what was that? I must have ate something bad at so, lunch. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, You know, for example, a leader could use could lose a top performer and still say that that's his fault. Yeah. Right? He wanted this, he wanted that condition, and I wasn't ready to give him that condition. Therefore, he had to go. That's his fault. That is, to me, not true leadership. Mm. When I ask you the question about your team, you guys straight away went into the tango mode, which is, what is it I've done wrong? How could I improve? Were, were our values aligned, Chris said? All of these things. Mm. And I think that that's when you see the real leader. The real leader emerge and say, uh, would say, first of all, maybe I have been told about that person thinking about leaving two years ago. Mm. Maybe I haven't been treating that person as a person. In the manual, it said to me, I should have my team members in my house every quarter, and I never wanted that person in my house. I never want people because people work for me. They don't work with me. So all of these little things that you don't do that are non-leadership, well, in the end, you know, if you don't give people a reason to belong, they are going to run away. So all this leadership shit sounds really fucking hard to me. Oh. So I just want to be a boss. Can you be a boss and have a successful business? Maybe not in a small business unless you want to be alone or unless you want a revolving door. Yeah, so it's people, people who are thinking they're bosses and leaders that have only got jobs because if they leave, if they're not at work, the world ceases to exist. I think it's simple. Leader is do what I do. Boss is do what I say. 
And, you know, we all know I'm the sales manager, not the owner of our business. But I consider myself a leader. And then I consider myself more so a leader in my own family. Yeah. So I need to make sure that I'm doing what I ask my children to do. I'm doing, I'm leading by example. So we spoke about the bushfires before and you brought it up. Those kids of parents that are bitching and moaning on Facebook about the fires, those kids are going to be doing the same thing. Those kids are reaching out. Those parents that are reaching out to see if others are okay, their kids are going to be doing the same thing. And that's the sign of leadership. Mm-hmm. So Leading from by example. What are you doing in the workplace that's that? I like to give. That's what we spoke before. I like to give my time to the others. So if they need help and so forth, sometimes with my own detriment, but I like to give my, my time to the people in the office to try and help them. I like to go above what is required of me to help my leader. If he wants to go on holidays for an extended level of time, I'll step up into a role and do the duties that he may require me to do during that time. Do you do Do you do you or have you done whatever you ask anybody else to? Yes. Funny you should say that. When I was a cement renderer, I had a, was a cement renderer for 22 years, I would not ask anyone to do things that I hadn't done myself. So as a leader, I think, and as a parent, as parents, yep. it is our responsibility to lead by example and live a life by design, not by default, and show the kids that they can do the same thing, setting goals and so forth and reading and, and self-improvement. That all is something that I hope our kids take up when yeah. later on. Well, man, I, I was at your place during the break, and I can tell you, looking at your children, your leadership has gone leaps and bounds this year. You, ha- you have done something at home that I would say I was inspired. I think it's something... It wasn't the wine. <laughs> it wasn't the wine, no. Four <laughs> bottles in the bin. <laughs> that was disgusting. I'll throw it the next time. Coughing up cork. And I had to have a test, crash test dummies, right? <laughs> I've got all these beautiful wines for you. <laughs> oh. No, I've got all these wines to try, Mate, I said. Mate, you got the... You the got Veronique to drink the dark brown Chardonnay. That gra- was interesting. The great <laughs> thing is that I've got lots of spaces in my cellar now oh, to fill up. But what I was saying before is <laughs> one of the things you attest to in the Wisebury Manual is it's a gloves-off approach between the sales managers and our leaders and a real on-the-same-team conducive leadership. We're on the same page. We're singing the same message. We're the same consistency as you brought up before. And I think Rita and myself has achieved that and it's only taken us 20 years to get there. But with our kids in the last two or three years, we have really started to be on the same page with them, the same message to them. And even her and I, our relationship has improved. So I think that manual is reflective in a husband and wife scenario, not only in a sales manager and mm-hmm. a leader. Mm-hmm. A leader sort yeah, okay. of. yeah the, one of the things I noticed is the dance between you and, and Rita is way, way more flowing. Now. Yep. I noticed that. The two of you, it's almost like you're dancing, you know, what, what steps you're making each other, you know? Yep. I saw that. And the children, they have one single message that's quite nice. Hey, listen, why don't we just try my thing? Because we've gone too long without a drop here. This here is Top Break. Top Break, and it's called The Strew 2017. Let me tell you, a company that started like them in 94... They've gone a long way. They've done amazing things. This, guys, is 100% Shiraz. And it's in the Arosa Valley. Do you know Eden Valley, where the fire actually went to Eden? Mm. And this is a thing that I've done this morning. I actually called them. And I have never seen this. It went on, on their tables of contact, you could actually call everyone. And I called the director of sales in trade, Michael. And I couldn't believe it. He had plenty of time for me. And he said to me, no, the fire hasn't really touched our area. The smoke has not really affected us. And he's told me, you know, that there's quite a few bottles that you really could get 
I was telling him a little bit about what we were doing, and he said, "Oh, Thomas, you know the woodcutter or, or the steeding is uh, probably like two good balls to have, but if you can, the run rig and the factor, those are the ones that you really want to keep." Well, I listened to this guy. He didn't have to give me that time. He didn't have to be that interested. But he was. And then to have his numbers and everyone who's in trade's numbers on their website, I thought, now, that is transparent leadership. That is an organization that is making wine and not hide behind a website to sell their wine. They hear, they talk to anyone, they, they hear, they will share. They have a story to share. And I think that their story is just crazy. They just actually opened their own uh, wine cellar now. But that would be one that I think I would want to really visit. These are the guys. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are the guys that you really want to meet because they have, I think, the kind of culture that we want, which is transparency from leadership and inside the organization. Taste these boys. Salute. This one, apparently, you can't keep it for more than 10 years. It's true. But in 2016, at the end of 2016, they had enormous uh, amount of rain at the beginning of 2017. Pepper. The pepper and that way. rain did a lot for them. Not as good as a Sumerian. <laughs> well. Sorry, I'm stuck in my throat. But it's not competitive. No. It's definitely better than yours. <laughs> yeah. Transparency. Good word. I love the word. Love the word. Gonna mean different things to different people. I think. I think that you spoke about transparency earlier. Yeah. When a leader sits there and says to his people, "Here's here are my books. Look at my books. Yeah. These are all the things that come in. These are things that come out." You can see it for yourself. Mate, you can can't you be, be more transparent yeah. than that. Can you be too transparent? Should your staff be seeing your figures? Why not? No, I don't. Yeah, I'm just well, I, I think what, what, what is the problem? I, I think that if your staff need to have that, why not? I had one of my early people in the business tell me once, don't tell them how much you're making because I'd just ask for more. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit rough. Because when I was working for the same person, all I wanted was that information so I had a sense of what I was working for. And I saw when I sat down with my team and broke down the numbers and said, here's the figure, the total figure for the year. Now, if, don't get your wires crossed. Don't go thinking Cam's rich because this is how much it costs to run the office. Take away those two numbers. They all went, so when I tell you you need to talk to 75 people a day, that is why. And all of a sudden the sense of purpose and the sense of ownership, they felt like they owned, okay, now we've got no excuses because we know exactly where things are at. <clears throat> I mean, I'm going to go further. Don't show the wrong people your figures. <laughs> well, that's but the right people, show them the figures. So in the end, you've got to be smart and see who have you got, mm. right? But the right people, by that I mean they will feel that uh, their destiny is in their own life. I can go and dig for gold. My leader has taken the risk to open the show, and, and when there's a bad month, I still get my pay. He's copying a loss. Mm. So all of these things, the right person understands. The wrong person is going to overlook all the problems that you've, uh, months that you had. They're only going to be looking at what they uh, can have for themselves. Well, that's Therefore, the person I sacked. Yeah. If that person was part of that meeting... You mate, would have had trouble. Oh, mate. And that's where it comes back to the recruiting and the who are you hiring and what, are you, what basis are you hiring on? Are you hiring good people or are you hiring because they might be able to make you a dollar? It's all right saying you need to speak to 100 people and you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this because that's going to make you rich and fucking blah, blah, blah. If they've never seen rich... If they've never seen someone make a commission check, if they've got no understanding of why you're saying that, they're not going to do it because they're still getting their weekly wage. Okay, It takes a special type of human and that's why there's some only some elite sports people in the world. That's why there's not everyone's an elite sports person because to be an elite sports person, you have to be so intrinsically driven and not rely on outside factors to make it. 
that makes you a very special person. To be able to go to work in the work that we do for the award wage that we pay as an industry and to do the shit that we're... Knock on 100 doors and get told to fuck off 100 times a day and we'll pay you 45 grand a year. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? And we wonder why people don't want to do it. So transparency in saying, I cried that meeting in 2019. I cried in front of the whole team. And I guarantee you for the next six months, those guys gave everything they fucking had to give. So what I ask you is this. That, that transparency, showing the books, this is what I made, X, Y, Z, and telling those stories to the team, sharing that with the team. What do you say to the leaders that are scared or don't want to show those figures to the team? Why do you believe maybe they don't want to show those figures to the team? Because I think it's the old school mentality that I was, someone tried to employ on me. Don't tell them because I'll ask for more. Someone thinks you're making a lot of money all of a sudden because we're inclined to not trust people and whatever, we go, oh, if they know I'm making a lot, they'll ask for more and they'll ask for a pay rise. Instead of giving people a purpose, oh, that's none of their business, they don't deserve They're helping you make that fucking money. Mm. They're the reason you're driving that car. Apart from, I mean, you're the reason you're driving that car. Don't get it twisted. But if they're going on the ride with you, you share that fucking ride with them, warts and all. Yeah, yeah. Tell them the bad, tell them the good. You know, this brings me to something else, Cam, and it's, it's something we get from you a lot is that, or someone's only got the Cam that speaks like this. But then you get fired <laughs> up, right? And you, and you get a, a, you, you, the passion you bring in is fantastic. And we're speaking about what lessons do we get from the fire chief? He was always consistent and his message was always level-headed. He wasn't emotional. He always delivered a good message. And I can see that you would come to work with that passion every day. Do you think that's, again, another important leadership skill? Is it a skill or is it you better be passionate about your own bloody business because who else is going to be? Shouldn't that be a, a norm? Mate, you've been doing it for how many years? Uh, two months. Yeah, two months. <laughs> well, in the grand scheme of Carry on's three in August, so two and a half years. Okay, so let's call it three years. So what, what I'm saying is what about someone who's been doing it for 20? Well, if they're not passionate about it, why are they still doing it? Because it's a wage. Well, then don't expect... So they've got a job, expect, not a business. ...match your expectations with your level of passion. Yeah. I, I'm just surmising. I don't, no, I, no, I, but that's I, what I mean. Look, I get triggered. You've, you've all heard me triggered. You heard me triggered today. Yeah. And that's, that's about stuff I care about and that's stuff I'm passionate about. So... You better fucking believe I'm pretty passionate about it, the thing that's either going to set my family up or is currently feeding my kids, whatever level the business is. That's the is great at. thing, Cam, is you get triggered both sides of this, the scale. You, you, have, you are a passionate guy. That passion drives you. Yeah, I don't think it's a skill, though. I think if you're not passionate about it, you can't. It's the same as when we're at a listing appointment, right? If you don't believe you're the best agent, are you going to deliver the presentation as best you should? And when you say you're the best agent for the job to someone, are they going to believe you? If you truly believe that you are worth... Well, it's no shock to everyone, if anyone listens to this in Carrying or Barrera, we charge more commission than anybody else. So does but, Porsche. But there is So does Ferrari there charge is, more than Hyundai. There is not, and Maserati there is and not one that. person that can come and give me a valid reason why I, why I personally am not the best agent for that job in that area. Yeah. And that's, I, was, I was teaching the kids about it and when kids, the staff, about it today in, in training... There's parts of the kit where you relax and you be you relax people and then there's parts of the kit where you stare them dead in the eye and you tell them you're the best person for the fucking job. And that's the same with my business. So you've got to be 100% you, but sometimes 100% me is way too much, all right? I get carried away with banter. Um, yeah, like that thing about killing everyone who was against the fire and... Yeah, I want to give it. So that side of you, that schizo <laughs> side of you, yeah. Yeah, you know, I can be in the office giving everyone a hard time. They can be giving me a hard time. Someone sent around a meme yesterday of a fat, overweight, bloated goldfish 
floating upside down and said, just found Cam, <laughs> right? But the next minute when I'm talking about something to do with their job or I'm talking about the business, I can stare deep into their soul and they know I'm not fucking around and they know that my intentions are good and they know that I'm there because this is my golden egg and I want it to be your golden egg as well. I'm only picking up on the skill side. No, no, I understand, man. But is it a skill? Is it a no. requirement? Is it is it needed? I, I'm I'm feeling it's needed in leadership. The I reason think that people, is part of being a good leader. Yes. The reason Abdullah's team follow him the way they follow him is because of the passion that he exudes on a daily basis. So it's a requirement of a good leader. Is 100% that passion? A requirement. Okay, I don't here think we go. It's a skill. You're can either, they learn it then? You're either passionate about your business. Can they find it? Can they find that passion? You need to find that one part of your business that you're passionate about. And if it's only the money, find that and hang on to it. But know that to make that money, you need these people, mm. right? So if I'm passionate and all I care about is my wage or the, the money, the rent rolls bringing in or whatever, be fucking passionate about that thing that is doing that. When it's, oh, I've just got to rock up to work and all oh, those people know me and no one will do what I'm telling them to do. Don't take the money then. If you hate it so much, give the money to the rural fire service like everyone else is doing <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, but it comes back to don't do anything or don't expect your staff to do something that you're not willing to do yourself or you haven't done yourself. If you're not passionate about your own business, if you're, as a sales manager, not passionate about developing people and growing the business and growing yourself, why the fuck would you subordinates be why the fuck would your colleagues be yeah yeah so requirement yes is it a skill i think it's got to be natural i've always said if you're not happy find something else to do yeah if you're not passionate about it why are you doing it i i, I don't believe that passion is a skill okay because i think for the record thomas just agreed with something i've said <laughs> how many episodes are we in sorry to interrupt you mate but i've just I've no i don't <laughs> think that passion is a skill because i a skill it would be like if you were to show me how to cement render there's a skill. Yep. If, if I did cement rendering in front of you, you'd know whether I'm skilled or not. Yep. And if I improve over the, over the years, you'd know whether I have upskilled myself, right? Yep. Passion is something that you are. So you are passion. W the moment that you found that thing that excites you the most. Like what Cam's saying, whether it is money for some leaders, and I don't find money uh, passionate at all, but whether it is making sure that you're helping your followers to self-actualize themselves, whether it is you telling yourself, I'm going to go to my deathbed knowing that I have touched more people in my lifetime than I could, that is your passion. And if you can find that within the constraint of your little world, so be it. Then you'll become passionate. You know, I think every one of us can be passionate. You take the guy that is the calmest, he's still highly passionate. You take people who apparently are not passionate, you get them to talk about the things they love the most and you'll see their passion coming out. So I think that you are passionate. The thing is, can you find passion in the things you do? Okay. Your actions are then a sign of your passion too. Someone who, who isn't doing the do and doing what needs to be done, they're, they're clearly not passionate about what they're doing. The Me Too movement, another big outrage, but if... If you met the six-foot blonde walking down the street that had all the right moves in all the right places, you'd find some friggin' passion and you'd do what had to be done. So you know, we, we all have the, especially you Italian blokes, we all have the love in us. <laughs> it's all in the hips. You know, but but I ask, I'll, I'll bring it back to the same question then. Is that passion a requirement to be a good leader? I think to be a good leader in a small business, yes, but it's not necessarily a requirement to be a manager. And the reason I say that, in some of our offices, the leader has become the manager. And the manager has to play the leader. 
in some of our businesses, the leader is so transactional, meaning I, I pay you, you give me a result. Rather than you work with me, I'm going to make you better. That's transforming leadership. So in some of our offices, the leadership is so transactional that there's no passion there. When you become transactional, there's no passion. If anything, by being a transactional leader, such as I pay you, you work for me, you never have to come to my place, and you do what I say, and I can tell you what I want to say, and blah, blah, and you have to listen. All that you do is you're grooming up mercenaries. Don't show them the figures because they'll just ask for more money. We want people to catch the passion. What happens if one day we show someone our figures and they go, holy shit, I've just realised that I want to own a real estate business and all of a sudden in a year or 18 months down the track they want to open up a business with you and all of a sudden then they go on and open up another three offices and you're a part of all of them and all of a sudden the money's there that you're so passionate about and the, the lifestyle's there because you've so short-sighted some people and they'll never lead and that's where it's no, Maybe not necessarily short-sighted, man. Selfish. Selfish. It, because you don't think you, it's you, not seeing the if, bigger if, picture. If they, mate, if they were short-sighted, they wouldn't have a business. Okay. <laughs> if the they, level was short-sighted. Uh, yeah. Well, well, that's giving different meaning to certain yeah. words, right? I, I think that some people are so selfish. They have stumbled on thing that is good, a formula that's working. Half of them will try their best to keep the team believing they can't do it without them. Half of them is going out there and saying, did you see how much it costs? Do you see how much we have to do? Just to keep the wings clipped on their people. And so... they people that uh, want to work for the rest of their life, be a boss for the rest of their yeah, life. Yeah, and, and mate, it, I think it's driven by selfishness. There's no short-sightedness. I, if anything, they sing very, very far. Otherwise, they would not have done it. Only greed or selfishness can do that. Is that when you think that there's not enough in the world that if you're going to start flying there's less for me so are those the sort of people that will then take out of the training out of the manuals the parts that they want not the parts that they need no instead or, of taking or, the whole manual no 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 sometimes they can take the whole manual but they will do a sell job and change the meaning so that it just fits their agenda okay. sun rising doesn't mean the sun's risen it just means that at some point it'll be lighter Anyway, boys, we're coming to the end of this here, but uh, what would be your biggest piece of advice for 2020 for people who run a small business or for salespeople or and for salespeople? Wow, that's a good question. I would say you know enough, just go and do it. Okay. You know enough, just stop selling it to yourself. Just go and put those that knowledge into action. Simple as that. that for right. salespeople or for leaders? Both. That statement can go from the ground level all the way up. You know enough, just go and put it into action. Lead yourself, lead from the front. Oh, beautiful, Cam, that's good. Leaders who aren't leading from the front and expect otherwise from their staff, kidding themselves. Staff who are waiting for someone else to do it for them, kidding themselves. Lead yourself, lead from the front. That's nice, boys. Thank you very much for today. Thank you. All right, Thanks, let's Chief. catch up next time. Again, three amazing bottles, but definitely mine was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go with yours this year time Cam I'd have to, have to yeah baby and that's coming from a red drinker I'd have to go with yours this time Cam it's yeah, a good red gonna, it is a good red just because it's going to end in trouble mate when she hears this podcast <laughs> Charlotte said I, what's she going to say when you tell her that you took the bottle of wine I'm not fucking going to tell her she's going to find out whether she listened or not <laughs> talk to you soon boys see you next later. week goodbye, see you mate